Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, the twice-weekly podcast that will open your eyes to the kinds of insights you can use to better run your business. Come have your morning Joe with hosts Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins, who have the right recipes and ingredients to easily help you cook up a storm for even your toughest competitor. No lectures, no wasting your time telling you how smart they are, and no bullshit. The Small Business Wake-Up Call is going to make you think, laugh, and help you recognize how much money you've been leaving on the table with advice that'll help you improve your quality of life. Lonnie and Stan are small business veterans who will share their individual war stories and experiences, not only from their own businesses, but also from guiding hundreds of other small business owners in over 100 industries. Head on over to sbvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan and save yourself some headaches. Grab that second cup of joe, or maybe something a bit stronger, and let's see what's on the menu for today. Welcome to the Small Business Wake-Up Call, and here are your hosts, with cups in hand, Lonnie Shambi and Stan Simpkins. Good morning, Lonnie, and welcome to you, our valued listeners. Hey, Lonnie, I know you're excited about today's topic on leadership, but I must confess, this whole leadership versus management thing, it's been beat to death for decades. And yet it still consumes so much bandwidth at webinars, seminars, YouTube postings, TED Talks, all their social media, my God, all over the place, books, and even podcasts such as ours. So I'm wondering, how can we do this justice in less than 30 minutes, man? Stan, I mean, you're right. We can't and we aren't going to do that justice. But the good news is that's not our objective today. Rather, in keeping with what we've said in our previous podcast, we simply want to bring this to a top-of-mind awareness for you, our listener. The things you already know, but perhaps could benefit from a reminder. Top-of-mind awareness gives you a better understanding of how you're leading rather than a treatise on what leadership is. Although we're going to give you opinions on it. Hey, you didn't think you are going to get away easy, did you? Come no on. How aware are you of your leadership style? Leadership styles are often personality-based. Not everybody has to be either General Patton or Tim Cook, who leads Apple, with a very light touch. General Patton did not have a light touch. Yeah, well, but Lonnie, there's tons of books going back decades whose leadership ideas are still applicable today, despite the many changes, generational styles, mindsets, and customs. So let's address some of the timeless I'd like to ask you, our audience, to match it against your processes and your performance. But before I do, and as obvious as it may seem, why is so much attention being given to the topic of leadership? Well, let me tell you why. Because at the beginning of the day, it's all about the possibilities. And at the end of the day, it's all about the results. In today's marketplace, good results aren't good enough. Rather, you need extraordinary results. They're needed, and that comes from extraordinary teams. And you know, where there's an extraordinary team, you can bet there's an aspiring leader. And that's why leadership, specifically yours, is so important. And a good friend of mine, Lee Colin, expressed that point in his book, Leadership Matters, something you might want to take a look at. Yeah, Stan, I mean, you couldn't have said it better, nor does Lee for that matter. I mean, absolutely. Go to his website if you ever want to pick up things like about how leadership really matters. But see, leaders set the vision, and the vision doesn't come down on tablets of stone. You need to tweak it accordingly. 
it sometimes means reinventing the business. You got to get buy-in from your team. That comes from your passion about the vision, not a my way or the highway thing, but you literally have to sell them on the vision. They've got to feel like they're part of it. Then you got to put a plan together that's actually executable. Then you got to have people that are going to be able to execute it. But you need all four, a good vision, team buy-in, which is really the thing that often is missing, is team buy-in. Because it comes, often the leader pushes it down like it came on tablets of stone. And then a good plan and a good team. Well, those are really great tips, Lonnie. I can't argue that. And you got me thinking even more because I thought of a couple of great war stories that I'll be, be willing to share a little later. You know, we could debate whether these are leadership issues or are they management issues. So we know you lead people and you manage things. And yet people confuse the two and how they operate. And I think they deserve more attention because these are common obstacles for some of the leadership teams I've seen. So keep in mind the difference between leading and managing because oftentimes we confuse the two and end up creating bigger problems. And of course, in keeping with Jim Collins' good to great, we know about bringing the right people on the bus. And I love the, if I can share a little word story about a very large lubricating distributor I had as a client. Second generation, son was very much, shall we say, mentored by the father into his management techniques, which was called the beat them till they come alive method, the beating that that horse went. In fact, someone gave me a long outline called the Dakota Trisman Wisdom, and it has a whole long list of things. So the one is keep hitting it until it comes up. <laughs> kind of like your method of management where the beatings will continue until morale improves. Yes. It's a- <laughs> so the son, the guy was in charge of inventory, and he just was a mess. And of course, he brought the inventory levels to the point where it was really killing cash flow with all this excessive inventory. So instead of making the change, which was quite obvious, if you knew the guy's background, he was the wrong guy in the wrong job. And back, he was brought in from a merger, which that's how little he knew about the guy. And it took a long time before he finally stopped beating that horse and made the change. So obviously, we finally did make the change. Then you have the one that I had a woman-owned business that was in the environmental business, and she loved catching the criminals. You know, Tom Peters catch them doing something right. Yes. We had her, well, I won't say her name, we'll call her Josephine, her method of reward, which was catch the criminals yes, and beat them down. What I call the finger wagging manager. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or leader. Because I think you, in one of the previous podcasts, you mentioned how we're often a function of who is our mentor as a leader. Yes. So in this case, she had come from that kind of environment where bosses were constantly beating you to death for your mistakes rather than making a teachable moment. And she used to do that and wonder why morale was low in the company. Yes. And, of course, the third one is addition by subtraction, which you probably noted. He was a famous baseball player, I think, talked about that. Well, it's addition by subtraction is a team concept, really. Oftentimes, especially in football, you might be in the pro game. They'll cut a guy who may have been in a very important position, and the entire team rallies around the new guy and the team is better by subtracting the really superstar from the team. That happens in business just as well. We create superstars in our businesses. Business has to be a team game. Absolutely. 
Stan, since you opened this Pandora's box, let me close it with three additional tips. If you're going to put objectives out there, leaders, measure performance. But measure performance by working with the team as to what would constitute for you good performance and what would constitute for them good performance. Match them. Try that. And then team building. I mean, in small businesses, this doesn't happen. But in large businesses, God, we all know about, let's go climb ropes. Let's go on a 60-mile hike. And it builds team. No, it doesn't. It just, everybody's laughing behind their back. And anything they learned, it's gone a week later, along with a laughing behind their back. <laughs> and finally, culture. I won't beat this one to death since we covered it in detail in podcast two, but I will give you the Cliff Notes version with a relevant war story in just a second. As a small business owner, you face many challenges. You're not alone. What can be even more stressful is not having someone to talk to who doesn't have their own agenda. What if you could talk? in depth and confidentially to other small business owners like you on a periodic basis, folks facing the same challenges or who have solved the same problems. The Small Business Virtual Roundtables is the answer for you. Small Business Virtual Roundtables are held monthly for 90 minutes. Membership in each roundtable is limited to 15 people, providing ample time for each member to have their issue addressed by their fellow members. These peer advisory groups are formed to avoid competitive concerns while taking into consideration company size and characteristics that closely match your own business. Need more attention? There is a complimentary 30-minute one-on-one session with the facilitators during the month to seek additional feedback. Monthly membership fees to the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are less than the cost of an hour with your attorney, and this is all done without ever leaving your office or home. Just the time savings of avoiding needless driving is worth the cost. New groups of the Small Business Virtual Roundtables are now being formed on a first-come, first-served basis. Ready to sign up? Head to sbvirtualroundtables.com to receive a complimentary invitation to attend up to three meetings. Again, that's sbvirtualroundtables.com. With Small Business Virtual Roundtables, there's no need to go it alone. And now, back to Lonnie and Stan. So let's talk about a culture that's leadership-based versus a culture that is not. Cultures can evolve. They will evolve if you let them, okay? And if you're a leader who just lets it evolve, it will, and it won't evolve the way you want it to. It has to have your thumbprint on it, your values. You have to lead the team through the culture. And the culture's got to be something that underpins the business. Well, Lonnie, I'm sure you must have a war story on that point with some of your history. Yes. Stan, there's more than I want to think about. But one in particular was a company that just it couldn't get it right is what the, if you heard the founder talk about it, they just couldn't get it right. He was never happy with the way this whole thing happened, the way the business was evolving, and how he couldn't trust his people and the like. 
and he brought me in to figure out why. And it's kind of like, uh, yeah, you know why? I could do this really quickly. I'm still going to charge you the same thing, but all I want you to do is go stand in front of a mirror, and there's your answer. Leaders will drive a culture sometimes into the ground. Be careful. Keep the communication open. And we'll talk about this in a few minutes. Keep the communication open with your team and listen. And Lonnie, we promised our listeners not to be lecturing. And on that vein, I would like to make a point. We both know that one of the things that frustrates you and I is that a lot of small businesses are just not lifelong learners. When you ask them what's the last book on leadership they read, they can't even tell you. So in the spirit of really offering some resources to you, our listeners, I will just share with you my all-time favorite authors, two of them on leadership, are Dr. John C. Maxwell, notably known for the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, and Dr. Spencer Johnson, who's a psychiatrist who's written phenomenal books on leadership, which are actually fictional stories that are very entertaining, but really take complex principles and make them simple. And so I would urge anyone who really wants to learn a lot more than we could ever teach you, as I said, in 30 minutes, you ought to look these authors up. And there's plenty more, and we don't get any commissions for this, but I would share that's who I know Lonnie and I have often referred to in our conversations. No question. I mean, you've got to find the time. That's really the important thing. See, a lifelong learning habit is something that's so important. Never stop learning. When you stop learning, you stop growing. When you stop growing, the game's over. You might as well just fold your tent, go home. This is the whole thing about this. I can cite you time after time after time where I've recommended books. I've run webinars seminars. I mean, you name it, we've done it, but it's what does it ever take with somebody? What's going to happen to make those people listen? Don't know, but I do. It's going to be a lifelong learning habit. They have to be committed to learning. And if they're not, then they're not going to end up being the kind of leader they want to be. Well, we know that some of the biggest hurdles in developing a leadership team, and this is reality, Lonnie. I'm sure a lot of our listeners are going to relate to this. And when a small business owner who's been the CEO, general manager, sales manager, oh, and by the way, janitor, has to bite the bullet and look for someone between themselves and the people below their org chart line, it's a challenge. It's frightening. And oftentimes they want to, but they don't know how to, where to find them, a whole bunch of issues. Maybe we could talk a little bit about that. The point is this. First off, you're going to hire somebody. Hire somebody who's better than you are. Now, think about that, all of you in the listening group. Because why would you do that? You want to hire somebody better than you? Yes. Yes. Because that makes the whole organization better. The six keys to leadership that I found, and this is what you've got to find in the people who you try to hire. And that is the six keys to leadership are communication. This is stuff that I found over the years. This is not some treatise. This is take these down because these are important. 
Okay, and we'll tell you periodically a tip that's important. These six keys are really important to leadership. First is communication. Up, down, sideways, every possible way to communicate internally and externally with your employees, with your customers, with your suppliers. Motivation. I mean, you don't have to be some Tony Robbins. No. But you have to be able to understand people. I joked about this once, and that is that I learned management by coaching. The first coaching job I ever had was replacing my brother. I think I've talked about this in a previous podcast. Not replacing my brother, but helping my brother. His coach had quit, and he asked me if I'd coach his team. I was playing on two other teams at the same time, and I learned coaching 10-year-old kids, 12 of them, that you had to individually coach people, manage people. So, important. Respect. Mutual respect is important as a leader. Integrity. Say what you mean, mean what you say. Don't backtrade a deal. Courage. Believe in what you're doing. Have the courage to back it up. And delegation. Don't. Don't be somebody who's down there in the dirt with everybody else. No, you have people to do that. Delegate. Don't micromanage. Well, everybody probably remembers Ed Koch, former mayor of New York City. How am I doing? Yes. And that's what we're asking you, our listeners, to do. Take this list that Lonnie just mentioned and ask yourself periodically, how am I doing? Because it's not that you don't know these. It's almost condescending to have to even rattle these off because we know you know them. The question we're asking you is, are you doing a check-in on it and see if you're walking the talk, as they say? If all we ever had to do was know, I'd be a golf pro and Lonnie would be paying Major League Baseball. <laughs> if all we, I had a golf seventy, I just can't. <laughs> so I can coach it. I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one thing, speaking practically, as we both know, working with small business owners, is the issue of courage. It's frightening when you're a small business owner. Having to think about what you're going to have to spend on a general manager for the first time, your first general, or upgrading the one you have and spending market rate. And so there's a financial risk, and you alluded also to the non-financial aspects of it. It's been my experience that small business owners, it's a nightmare for them to bite the bullet for the first time to pay market rate. Because in many cases, that's more than they're making. What's your thought? Well, I'll tell you what. I've had to do this in a lot of different ways where... Salesmen were making more than the CEO, founder, and that becomes an ego issue and the like. Here's where you shoot yourself in the foot, though, and that is find the best person to fit the role, pay them accordingly. Because what they will do is they'll bring in people like them. And if you're going to do this, also... Make sure you hire for culture and for size because it's, first off, you'll always be interviewing for skill set. Make sure that they fit everything. But important here is that owners don't have to be better than their employees in everything they do. I coached for 25 years. I wish I could hit like some of the players that I had. I couldn't. I just brought in the best players I could find because 
I was in an open market for kids in the AAU program and in the American Legion program. And so that's the whole thing is hire better. It makes your company better. Well, Lonnie, you also refer to communication. I had a situation that had a client, third generation, I might add, who was complaining at one of our roundtables to the other participants asking for feedback that his general manager had been here like six years, was the second general manager. The first had been here about eight years and actually went out and started another company in the software business, believe it or not. So, you know, it was nothing bad. So he was complaining that my general manager, he doesn't look forward enough. He's not planning for growth. We don't have a business plan. You know, blah, 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 blah. And I said, so when have you told him this? (laughs) When did you ask him for a business plan? When did you do anything that would make him think you actually wanted to do anything but be status quo? Hint, hint, hint. The owner was like totally risk averse and didn't, he was living a lifestyle business. Yes. And there must be a school or at least a class that teaches that because (laughs) I've had several clients that were like that. I expected them to have a business plan by now. Oh, did you tell them that's what you wanted? Well, no, they should know that. Ah, I see. I see. What I tell the clients oftentimes in that, you know, I have trouble with this because I don't know how they live in your head because I can't. It's a self-awareness. That's one of the most important elements of a good leader. We talked about this at the very beginning. Top of mind awareness. You've got to be aware. If I might just interject a little humor here, because we don't want to have him dozing off on us. I hear the snores, Dan. I really do. It's <laughs> Nothing illustrates it better than this cartoon. I actually saw this cartoon. I can't tell you where, but I remember seeing a cartoon. You got to picture this in your mind. Two dinosaurs, big mothers, looking at each other. And below them, it says, if dinosaurs could talk, they'd have ruled the world. <laughs> <laughs> But the all-time winner, we all know this one, and I had to look this up because I remembered it vaguely, but I couldn't remember it in, by heart. And I'm sure our listeners will remember this. It goes like this. I know you believe that you understood what you think I said, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. <laughs> we all know that. Try saying that 10 times, Lonnie. I Just try to think about it 10 times. <laughs> so I'd like to maybe share a few tips Here are three simple tips to assure clarity and completeness of your directives and vice versa. And these cannot be overstated, Lonnie. It's a huge cause of things slipping through the cracks. Who hasn't heard a client complaining about things slipping through the cracks? It's like, give me a break. You can almost count on it. So number one, as obviously as these seem to you, please don't be offended. We're just, again, top of mind awareness. Explain your performance expectations. If somebody's producing something and there's a prescribed amount of time you think you should take, give them some hint. Let them know so they have an idea of like, maybe I'm over my head and I need some help. Give them the information. And the all-time winner that I see all the time being missed is a due date and even sometimes the time of the day when you want it. Not tomorrow. Tomorrow has 24 hours in it. So there's 24 potential hours of lateness. <laughs> okay, That's setting everyone up for failure or aggravation. Secondly, ask the person what they think. Just ask them like you really care because you might be surprised to hear something really wise. 
don't presume. The most important part of that, ask them what they think, is listen. Yes, an actual listen. But the third one, which is going to probably turn off some of our listeners, going to think, what a, this is nonsense, is ask them to kind of summarize what you ask them to do. And I know some of you are like, come on, they're going to get offended. They think, you know what? It's worth it. It saves a lot of headaches. And you can do it in a respectful way. It can go like, I knew it threw a lot at you. And even I'm kind of confused at what I just told you. Just to make sure we're both on the same page and, and see if there's any areas I might be able to help you. How about just kind of recap what you think I expect from you? Lonnie, I think you wanted to say something maybe? Well, the interesting thing is that I have a client who is an absolute micromanager. I mean, absolute. So he hired his number two and basically wanted to micromanage him kind of how he'd done it before. This would be his third such person in three years. So I said, okay, I have something for you. Stealing from ESPN, I introduced to him a technique I had used before, not really calling it this, but this was a good name for it, was 30 for 30. Because he wanted to know everything that's going on, and, da, 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 and I said, tell you what, meet every morning for 30 days for coffee. Time it. 30 minutes max. That's all you're allowed, okay, for 30 days. And by the end of 30 days, A, he's going to know if he's doing it right. You're going to know if he's doing it right. Everybody's going to be happy or not. And this way, after the 30 days, he's off doing what he's supposed to do, and you're comfortable. Well, Lonnie, we got a minute or two left, and I know you had a couple of things you wanted to give us quick tips. I know we won't be able to go into in great detail. But again, I want to also remind our listeners, if you want to learn more about our upcoming roundtables or send us a note, ask us some questions, or maybe even recommend some topics, just go to info at SB, as in small business, sbvirtualroundtables.com. We'd love to hear back from you. So Lonnie, give us some wrap-up points. Well, wrap-up points are this. Leaders, as opposed to managers, so I have a sense of this that I've put together before, and that is the difference between a leader and a boss, okay? Are you a boss or a leader? Leaders give the company a sense of purpose. Bosses act like bad parents because I said so. Leaders create an environment of mutual respect, trust, and integrity. Bosses lead an atmosphere of dog-eat-dog, dog, every man for himself, and whatever works that evolve and he keeps it stoked by company politics. Leaders inspire and motivate. Bosses threaten and coerce. Leaders use a scoreboard to transparently track progress, recognize contribution and effort, and allow employees to grow from failure. Bosses keep data on a need-to-know basis and are always looking for a scapegoat for failure. Finally, leaders allow the company to have fun. In fact, the exceptional ones demand it. Bosses have fun, often at the expense of employees. Well, we've hoped that you have picked up at least one takeaway tip and we'll close out the podcast and thank you so much for your time. And again, hope you'll go to our website, small SB, sbvirtualroundtables.com. You've been listening to the Small Business Wake Up Call, the podcast providing eye-opening insights and perhaps a caffeine high to better run your business. Delivered in Stan Simpkins and Lonnie Shambi's own unique style. 
head on over to svvirtualroundtables.com where you can connect with Lonnie and Stan, subscribe to the show, find more resources, and check out their monthly 90-minute virtual roundtables. Thanks for listening to the Small Business Wake-Up Call. 